welcome to Med School Faith, the podcast for students who are just trying to walk with Christ towards that degree. My name is Uwana, I'm a med school student, and I love Jesus. Welcome to the podcast. All right, hi everyone. I am so sorry because I know it's been so long since I've published an episode, but I'm really excited about this one. So I'm just going to skip the chit chat and we're just going to jump right in. So this episode was actually inspired by conversations I've been having with my friends recently where they'll tell me about something they're dealing with and I'll respond with some version of, okay, here's my assessment of the situation and what I would do based off of scripture and, you know, based off of my own life experience. But ultimately, I think you need to take this situation to God and seek his perspective. I think there are two questions that can naturally pop up at this point in the conversation. The first question is, Uwana, why do I need to take this particular issue to God when I'm very capable of navigating it with just like common sense? For me to answer this question, I think it's only appropriate to mention Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, where God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. This scripture and others like it point out something that I cannot emphasize enough which is that the frameworks that we humans use to understand and respond to our lived experiences are not the same as God's frameworks. Our thoughts and our ways are not his. Some of you may recognize what I'm saying as God operating in the spirit while humans naturally operate in the flesh. And if you don't recognize that dichotomy, it's totally fine. But I will recommend that you study the book of 1 Corinthians because it lays out this whole spirit versus flesh thing actually very nicely. But back to my point, God doesn't operate like us, and his ways are better than ours. So because our ways are so different from God's, does that mean that we humans are basically running around life like chickens with our heads cut off? You know, honestly, sort of. But that disconnect between our way and God's perfect way brings us to Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, which says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. This is the ultimate answer to why we need to take everything to God. It doesn't really matter the size of the issue. Because when we trust in him and seek his will, he transforms us from these headless chickens to people who are actually walking on the right path. All right, that was a long introduction, but it brings us to the purpose of this episode, which is to answer the second question that might naturally pop up. And that question is, How exactly should we go about bringing things to God for him to even set us on that right path? I want to answer this question practically, and then I'm going to talk about the implications of this entire topic for our daily walk with God. So let's just get started. This question of how we should go about bringing issues to God is pretty broad, and I'm assuming that there are a lot of analogies that could be used to answer it. From my perspective as a medical student, I actually think that the way we discuss patients in hospitals is a really useful framework for how we can communicate with God when issues come up in our lives. We do this during a period of the morning called rounds, which is why this episode is called Rounds with God. First, I want to quickly explain what rounds are, and please bear with me here because if you miss this part, the rest of the episode won't really make any sense. So in the hospital, the team of quote-unquote doctors taking care of patients is classically made up of first a student doctor, which is why I put the quotes around doctor, because, you know, we don't actually have an MD yet, and then second, an intern, which is the word that we use to describe a first-year resident, and then third, a senior resident, and fourth, an attending. And the attending is basically the head of the team. 
When a patient comes to the emergency department and is admitted to the hospital, the student and the resident will meet the patient to figure out why this patient came. Part of this figuring out involves getting lab work and imaging, and you can think of this entire process so far as the data collection phase. Once we have enough data, we use it to organize the patient's problems by priority, and then we make a plan for them. As a medical student, I'll go over my plan with the resident before rounds start, and then on rounds, I'll give my assessment of how the patient is doing and what the plan should be going forward. Then the attending, who has also looked into this patient, will share their thoughts and make changes to the assessment and plan so that everyone can be on the same page about what's best for this particular patient. So in this analogy, rounds are our personal time with God. God is the attending, and we as Christians represent the medical students or residents. People early on in their walk with God are like medical students, and then people further along in their faith walk are like interns or senior residents. When problems come up in our lives, it's important that we collect data so that we can develop an assessment of what we think is going on. For example, let's say that I'm upset with my friend for something she said. Just knowing that I'm feeling anger is its own piece of data, and it's an important piece, especially for people who aren't usually emotionally aware. But the data collection doesn't stop there. I'll ask myself, Uwana, what exactly about this statement made you angry? Would you have gotten upset if someone else had said it? What do you think of the way you responded to her? The point of collecting all this data is that I have to understand what exactly went down before I can prioritize the problems and make a plan about what to do. So an example of my assessment and plan might say, problem one is that she snapped at me for no reason, which is very rude. So I'm planning to tell her that I don't like it when she talks to me that way. Problem two is that after she snapped, she just walked away from the conversation. So my plan is to give her some space before even bringing any of this up in the first place. Problem three is that I'm still pretty angry. So I'm gonna watch a funny TV show to cool down, then pray about it. And then after I feel better, I think I'll be able to forgive her. In my opinion, this first plan isn't so bad. It leans more towards conflict resolution than not, and it shows that I know my friend and myself well enough to give us some space before revisiting the issue. Now, this example is only loosely based off of my actual life, but what happens next is a pretty accurate representation of how these conversations with God go. So I watch my TV show and I'm feeling a lot better. Then I go to spend some alone time with God, but I'm so distracted by the conflict that I can't even focus on praying. I'm thinking, all right, Iwana, you thought you had this conflict figured out, but it seems like God is trying to chime in. At this point, rounds have officially started. So I'm over here presenting all the data I've got. And then when I get to the assessment and plan, the Holy Spirit starts poking little holes in everything that is rooted in the flesh versus being rooted in the spirit of God. And I can feel this happening. It feels like in a particular moment, you know something to be true that you just did not know the moment before. But right now, there are many of these moments because my plan had many flaws. After some time rounding and praying, I have a new assessment and plan that's been given to me by God. And this is an example of what this plan would look like. Problem one is that I responded by saying something equally mean. So based on Matthew 5, 23 to 26, I'm going to address it by apologizing to them. Problem two is that I'm struggling to forgive them for what they said. So the plan is to pray for the grace to forgive them completely and quickly, just like how God forgives me. Problem three is that they said something really hurtful in the context of being sleep deprived, and they have a history of saying hurtful things when they're sleep deprived. So my plan is to just explain to them how it makes me feel and ask them to work on it, knowing that they're my friend and they don't want me to be hurt, and so they probably will. 
Problem four is that I get mad at this person more easily than other people, and I'm not sure why. So my plan is to pray for the fruit of patience to manifest in my life, and also to look out for instances of patience in the Bible so that I can learn from them and apply them more in this relationship. Okay, so now it's time to point out some key differences between the first plan and the second plan. You may have noticed that the first plan prioritized what my friend did wrong in the order of issues, whereas the second plan addresses what I did first. This goes back to how Jesus commands us to take the plank out of our own eye before addressing the speck of dust in someone else's eye, which basically means that we need to work on ourselves before we go ahead to work on the people around us. And if you think there's not a plank in your eye and there's only dust in someone else's eye, that's totally understandable, but that's probably not accurate. And so in that case, you can pray for the Holy Spirit to open your eyes to the planks in your own eye so that you can work on them first. Another key difference between the plans is that the second plan emphasizes the role of prayer much more. If we think back to this analogy of us running around like chickens with our heads cut off, prayer basically slows down the chicken and invites the head, who by the way is the Holy Spirit, back onto the body. This analogy got very weird, but that's okay. You're going to bear with me again. The third difference between the plans that I want to point out is that the second plan references biblical scripture. I'm going to spend some extra time on this because I think it's really important. For one, searching the word of God for a plan has a similar effect as prayer in the sense that both invite the Holy Spirit to lead us. In addition to that, these example plans highlight a very important point, which is that when we make an assessment and plan, it can be based off of anything from our past experiences to something we read in the Bible or even based off a recent church sermon because God uses church to speak to us also. This is why it's so important for us to spend time in God's word and in his house. Like I said in the beginning of this episode, God's ways are not our ways. So practically speaking, he will give us an assessment and plan if we ask, but many times it won't totally make sense to us, especially if we're still at the level of a medical student and intern, because the things of the spirit cannot make sense to someone who's still operating in the flesh. So I'm going to give you a pro tip for those moments when God's plans don't make sense. God took his ways and he placed them inside the Bible and he placed them inside his house as he speaks through pastors. And at the end of the day, it's our job to seek out his ways. So if you want God's assessments and plans to actually make sense to you, you have to study the Bible and learn in church so that over time, what makes sense to him will start making sense to you. All right, so we know why rounds with God are important and we have a better sense now of how to go about engaging with them. The last thing I want to talk to you all about is what we can expect rounds to look like over time. Let's go back to this analogy for a moment. One of the biggest differences between a medical student presenting a patient versus a senior resident is that the resident enters the situation having had more experience practicing medicine in general. They've worked with attendings for longer and they've gotten more feedback at this point in their career. All of that experience helps them to assess a patient and make a plan with a higher level of clinical reasoning than the medical student. In practice, this means that the attending ends up making fewer changes to the senior resident's assessment of the patient and their plan. I want to use this part of the analogy to highlight why it's so important for us to make rounds with God a consistent part of our Christian walk. The senior resident's advanced clinical reasoning is like a mature Christian spiritual progress. Spiritual maturity isn't just a result of time or a result of trial and error, even though both of those things definitely help. Spiritual maturity comes when we actively invite God's wisdom into the things we face as a part of our regular lives. 
God shows us the ways in which our flesh impacts how we perceive and deal with situations that come up. And then he shows us how the Holy Spirit can help us come up with a better plan that reflects what he thinks. The more we seek God in this way, the more spiritual sensitivity and maturity we will have. And in this way, we progress from the level of a student to the level of a resident. So that's what I got for you. Personally, I think this episode is really timely because 2021 is a little more than halfway over. So it's a good time to take into account the spiritual goals we set for ourselves this year. If spiritual growth wasn't a goal before, now is a good time to put it on the list. And if it was a goal and you feel like you haven't seen much progress, really try to put the themes in this episode into practice in your life. And I honestly believe that you'll be shocked by all God has to say to you and by how the Holy Spirit will transform the way you go about life all because you just invited him into the conversation. I hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, if you have questions, comments, concerns, feel free to reach out to me at medschoolfaith at gmail.com and I will be sure to get back to you over email or in a later episode.